Welcome to the Alcal a low carb ancestral living podcast. I'm your host Pim Johnson, and each week I'm bringing you new guests who will share their opinions and expertise on different topics related to health and well-being. Enjoy. Hi and welcome to Alcal low carb ancestral living with Pim Johnson. Today's guest is a transformational health coach, master NLP practitioner, former nurse practitioner and a Lyme's disease expert. And she's here today to tell us about how she recovered from Lyme's disease and how you can know if you have it and what you need to do to recover from it without spending thousands of dollars and years on doctors who don't usually know how to help you. So welcome to the show, Catherine. Thank you, Pam. Thank you for having me. It's a real privilege and I'm happy to speak to your audience about this complex illness. Um, so, ah, where to start? <laughs> um, I'm just wondering if you can start with, you know, telling us your story about how you contracted Lyme's disease and literally the moment that you realized that that was actually what was wrong with you because you didn't know for a very long time, did you? Exactly. Yes. Um, so I fell very ill in 2016 um, with what seemed to be something that was eating my body from, you know, head to toe, basically. I was having problem digesting food. I was super tired, losing hair, losing 3D vision, um, pain in my joints, pain in my muscles, uh, chills and sweats. You know, it's like my thermostats, my inner thermostat was uh, out of balance Um and I was really, really on the quest to find out what was going on. And I, um, you know, I was a nurse practitioner back then. So I did some research and I was doing some blood tests and I was calling my doctor and saying, okay, I want this, this, this. And she was like, okay, you seem to know what you're doing. And it was very hard to find. It took me eight yeah. months to find that diagnosis. Um, yeah. But I had to su submit some tests to the U.S. and compare them with the ones in Canada because the tests that we have are not very reliable. And by the time I found what it was, I already had, a, um, I already knew that it was probably going to be Lyme disease. So I had already started some form of treatment, but I was able to link that back to uh, the year 2000, which is where I contracted Lyme in Australia. I was, you know, a backpacker, 20 years old, remember, uh, coming out of a forest in a national park and I had some bug on my chest here and I was trying to flick it away and it wasn't going away. And I remember looking down and seeing the legs go like this and I panic and I went Wah! and pulled on it. <laughs> the thing you shouldn't do, but back yeah. then I didn't know. I was 20 years old and I had all the signs and symptoms of the primary infections back then, which is the big rash as if somebody like a bruise, as if somebody had punched me in the chest and uh, fatigue and um, chills, almost like the flu, but not really, no nose symptoms, you know, with no nose and throat, but just kind of achy and feverish. And um, it was, it was Lyme, but I didn't know at the time. So yeah. it was dormant for 16 years in my body. Wow. So you said that the tests aren't very reliable. So how, how did you actually know that that's what you had? 
because I'm assuming, I mean, just listening to the symptoms that you describe, you probably have been looking at your thyroid and maybe chronic fatigue syndrome, those kind of things in the first instance. Absolutely. No, you're right. Absolutely. So here in Canada, we have a serology where they test your antibodies to the protein of, of um, the, the bacteria, the main bacteria, Borrelia. So my first test was positive. But in Canada, they send this first test to the National Microbiology Lab in Winnipeg, and they will use another kit to test your blood. And if that test is positive, then they will do what's called a Western blood, which is a much more specific um, test for the for Lyme. But there are 300 species of, uh, of Borrelia. So Borrelia burgdorferi is the main bacteria for Lyme. There's 300 species in the world, and the microbiology lab only tests one um, strain, not a species, but a strain. Wow. And I caught mine in Australia. So I wasn't coming positive on, on their end, so they would not do the Western blood. And so my doctor was telling me, well, the first test you had is a false positive. And I thought to myself, that, there's no way. There's something that's eating me up inside. And so I ended up um, ordering a kit from a lab in California in the U.S. called IgeneX, I-G-E-N-E-X. And over there, you can send directly for a Western blood. And mm-hmm. um, that's what I did. So I, I redid the test in Quebec to test my antibodies. And at the same time, I sent a test to California. And when they both came back, my antibodies in Quebec had doubled and Winnipeg was still showing negative, but my test in California was fully positive. And I was like, I knew it. I knew it. And here's the thing for most people who are not working in the, in the medical world is, you know, they go see their doctors and they have symptoms and different systems of their body. I, I tell people, you know, when you have symptoms, you know, your eyes and your joints and your muscles and your belly and your hair is falling and everything is hurting and, you're tired and you got brain fog, you can't concentrate, you're searching for your words, your temperature, body temperature is up and down, and it just seems like all over the place, and you're doing a lot of tests with your doctor, and nobody can find what it is, and you're seeing specialists, and nobody can find, you're trying treatments, and it's not helping, there's a good chance it's Lyme disease. So, um, unfortunately, doctors, most of them rely on tests, and the test that we have in the current order, and it's the same, in, you know, in uh, Europe and in Australia, the tests are not very uh, reliable to catch the disease when it's there. Um, so I tell people it's more of a um, clinical sim- uh, diagnosis, meaning based on signs and symptoms. Um, and then the blood test can come and confirm that's what it is. Um, there's a, a great questionnaire if people have been suffering from like fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue syndrome, or, you know, things that there's still no label or illness yet, they can check um, Dr. Horowitz questionnaire. Uh, he, it's, he's a physician in New Jersey, and he was okay. trained in Belgium, I believe. And he came up with this questionnaire, and it's been validated in both Europe and in the U.S., as being more predictive of the diagnosis uh, for Lyme disease than the actual blood test. And his name is Dr. 
Horowitz. So it's H-O-R-O-W-I-T-Z. And then you just Google, you know, Dr. Horowitz Lyme questionnaire, and then you'll find out the questionnaire. And yeah, there's a system of scoring. So if you have more than 46 on that score, great, great likelihood that you're dealing with Lyme disease. So just for the record, my score was 100. 117, I think, when I did it. I was like, okay, no doubt. <laughs> um, I don't know what the, what the top is, but I've seen, I've seen over 200 on that score. Cause oh, wow. some questions you, you do times three or times five because they have that much weight. Yeah. yeah. So, so what, what was actually going through your head when you realized that it was Lyme disease? Was it like relief that you finally find, found the diagnosis or more, dread because i know i've heard these horror stories about people having lyme's disease and whatever they know that they have it but they can't really get rid of it so they just slowly wither away i hear you and it's and it's and it's real scary i have to say for me when i found out with the test it was such a relief pin because i had been on a search for eight months of just I was coming home from working as a nurse practitioner, searching, searching. It was like a full-time other job. Mm. And the doctors were like, oh, you know, we can't find really what you have. Catherine, you're just too stressed. And I was like, no, no, no. In 36 years of living in this body, I've never felt so bad. Like something is eating me up from inside. Yeah. So it was, a, it was a relief to find out what it was. And I think I just didn't... I, did, I didn't think about, oh, there's a lot of people with this illness and you can't get rid of it. I just like dove in like a warrior. This yeah. thing was not going to get the best out of me. <laughs> and I didn't want to look at the statistics or something. You know, like Deepak Chopra says something like, accept the diagnosis, but refuse the prognosis. Meaning yes. You accept that diagnosis. But the prognosis of, oh, statistically, so many people stay stuck with it. And I'm like, no, I don't even want to read those statistics because I'm going to win this fight. <laughs> That's yeah. the, the attitude I had. I'm the same. <laughs> <laughs> so most people then, especially if they are a nurse practitioners, they would obviously go to the doctors and ask them for help and have them cure them if <laughs> if that is even possible. So. What made you go down a slightly different road? How, how did that even get in, onto your radar? Yeah, that's a great question, Pim. And I have to say myself, I was working in the medical system and, and couldn't find the answers there. Right. The big thing is, for me, it was a chronic Lyme. It had been in, in my system for so long um, that it was not the same case as someone who just got bitten by a tick. You know... Yeah within that first three months period after being bit by a tick, absolutely, you know, going to the doctor, getting some antibiotics is key. You have to yeah. do this. Uh, but for me, it was such a long time that it's been there. And I mean, I was a prescriber of, of antibiotics myself as a nurse practitioner. So I, I knew the effect of the antibiotics on the gut bacteria called the microbiome. And I knew that... 75% of your immune system is in the gut. So I thought it's, it's not worth it for me to wipe out my gut immune system. Um, I did research with Lyme experts and I found out some plants and some herbal um, remedies 
that have evidence on them, just like a, a pharmaceutical molecule. So it's very rare that you have research on natural supplements and things like that, but I actually found some that, you know, could tell you the half-life and is it eliminated by the kidney or the liver and does it penetrate the blood-brain barrier, meaning does it go into your $1 million organ, which is your brain, to go get the bugs in there. Um, so I really built myself this protocol of plants and natural supplements, along with changing the diet and making so many changes in my in my life. Um, but I just didn't want to wipe out my gut bacteria no. because I also I was reading said. that yeah, exactly. I was reading that antibiotics and plant medicine, um, you know, plant-based um, herbal medicine, they have the same efficacy. It's just the plant takes a little bit longer to work. But in terms of safety and toxicity, the plants are much safer and much less toxic than the antibiotics over the long run, especially. Mm. So, And I knew I was in this for the long run because... When it's been in your body for 16 years, you don't get rid of that overnight. Um, so I wanted something that was safe and non-toxic and yet was work was efficient, was going to work. So that's why I went that way. Awesome. So I'm a bit curious because you, you mentioned the blood-brain barrier and you want the uh, effect of the herbs, etc., that you were taking to get into your brain. Where in your body does this bacteria reside? Because you have symptoms all over. And what you is it do. that makes a and, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you do. And, and no, uh, great question, Pim. Lyme disease is really a spectrum of, it's a multi-complex uh, uh, infectious syndrome. In the medical textbook, what they're saying is it's called by this one bacteria, Borrelia burgdorferi, which in itself goes everywhere. It's, it's this little corkscrew spirochete and it likes to drill in your tissues to go hide in there. Um, but it also comes with other friends. So they're called co-infections. So when the tick bites a human, it's like the dirty needle of nature. So before it bit a human, it bit maybe a mouse or a deer or a moose or a reptile or a bird before you. So ticks are really carriers of a lot of things. So Many times it comes with co-infections, the most common one being Babesia and Bartonella. And both of these, these microorganisms, Bartonella is a bacteria, but Babesia is a parasite. Parasite that goes into your red blood cells, much like uh, malaria. So Babesia is the closest cousin to malaria. And because of that, if you take antibiotics, it might wipe out the Borrelia and the Bartonella, but the... Um, Babesia needs an anti-malarial medication. Hmm. So it needs something that'll kill the, the parasite in the red blood cells. Um, so Borrelia has affinity for many places in the body. Uh, the gut is one. The brain and the nervous system is a big one. Um, your blood vessels, you know, especially the, the kind of the, the blood vessel lining on the walls. Um, and it just likes to go and hide in the tissues, which, you know, can give you those kind of muscle pains and, and joint pains and things like that. It also forms, so it mutates into different forms. So the Borrelia is, doesn't stay in the, this little corkscrew spirochete very long. It'll mutate into 
what's called a round body uh, or a cyst, you know, in the membrane. And it can even go into biofilms, which is just a fortress. The they biofilms, they form um, it's microorganisms hiding from the immune system because they don't want the immune system to, to be, you know, to find them out and to, to go after them. They want to reproduce in peace and then come out and, you know, infect another host. That's their goal. <laughs> yeah. So in terms of the protocol that you put together, how long did it take you to figure that out? Because <laughs> it sounds like you had to do a lot of uh, researching and asking before you managed to get all the herbs and whatever you were using to together to actually treat it. Yes. And it was, I have to say it was a work in progress. Um, but all in all, it took me about four months to put that together. And when I really had the full thing, uh, the full thing to, you know, together and I went on this full throttle <laughs> protocol, uh, it took me four months to regain 80% of my normal, which was amazing and frankly unheard of in the chronic Lyme um, scene, if, if you wish. Like I see people on, um, different forums and they've been sick for a long time and it's taking forever. Um, the reason why I, I think I recovered so quickly is the principle that Lyme goes everywhere in the body. So you have to kind of attack it under every angle. So in my protocol, I made sure to have everything you needed. So everything that I was reading from the Lyme experts, I took everything that was overlapping. And I included every, everything that they were saying, you know, when they were saying, well, everybody with Lyme should take this thing. And, and it's not just antimicrobials, you know, um, I came up with this six pillar, <laughs> six pillar, um, blueprint for successful treatment for Lyme, uh, based on all the research and the readings that I've done and the antimicrobials. So the, the, the killer, you know, of the pathogen, there's only one pillar. And within those antimicrobials, you need to have between three and five different ones so they can address different co-infections and different form of Borrelia. That's just one pillar. And there's five more pillars that um, need to be addressed for the body to kind of wholesomely recover. Um, the second one is to reduce inflammation because the immune system, when it's under attack like this from all sorts of places, It'll throw everything in the battlefield, including, you know, the, um, I take the example of napalm, you know, trying to burn everything. Um, it creates inflammation. So you want to reduce that inflammation. Um, you want to modulate the immune system, tell it where to go. You know, sometimes it's too active in a place. You say, you know, calm down. Sometimes it's hypoactive in a place. You say, oh, come in, come here, come, you know, work in this place. Uh, you want to support the adrenals and the mitochondria. And I have a course, an online course, where I explain all of these things in details and which supplements and which foods address each of these pillars um, so people can find that. Um, but I think when people have the concepts of the six pillars, it really helps to understand this complex illness and how to get out of it. You have to detox daily uh, from just the toxins, uh, the parasites and the bacteria that are dying and then repair tissues. So these are the six pillars uh, for a successful treatment. 
And I think I just dove all in and I did all of that at the same time. And that's one of the reasons uh, why me and the people that I've helped since that time uh, have recovered uh, their, you know, their health and their life quick, quicker than the general statistic. <laughs> yeah. So what are the uh, plants that you are using mainly to kill uh, the Borrelia and the co-infections that you are getting? Um, it's There's many of them. Um, plants work well in synergy, meaning it's um, it's not so much of like one plant here and there. It's a mix of plants and they work much, much better like that. Um, so... For the Borrelia, for example, uh, I've been using uh, Japanese knotweed, cat's claw. Um, I've been using um, a lot of products from ch- uh, traditional Chinese medicine, but it's a microbiologist who's you know trained in Western medicine who took the principles of traditional Chinese medicine um, with the herbs and he applied modern medicine to them, meaning he did research on them. So he can tell you, you know, the half-life is this and where the um, plant is being, you know, metabolized. So his name is Dr. Zhang, Z-H-A-N-G. So some of his core antimicrobials are allicin, which is a very um, effective garlic extract, very, very effective as a broad-spectrum killer. Um... Another one that's called HH, it's a plant called Hutunia, and that's specific for Bartonella. Um, and I use combinations, you know, from different um, companies. There's this company called Bio um, Botanical Research, and they have a very good compound called Biocidin. Um, and especially the liposomal format, Biocidin LSF, it crosses the blood-brain barrier to go get the, the bugs that are hiding in the nervous system. For Babesia, I work with Artemisia, which is a great, great herb that was, that's been effective for malaria for many, you know, for a long time. And, um, experts who treat Lyme disease, they thought, Oh, why don't we try that for Babesia? And it does work. It really does work. But this is, so this is for just for pillar one, but we have yeah. supplements for all of the six pillars. Yeah. So, so for pillar two, which was inflammation, if I'm not <laughs> wrong here, what what would you recommend there? Because I know that you had to change your diet as well. So I'm kind of like fishing a little bit at the diet aspect here. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Well, pillar two is inflammation. So you want to live an anti-inflammatory lifestyle. And diet is such a biggie. Um, so the main changes for, for Lyme, people suffering with Lyme, is to go gluten-free, dairy-free, and as little sugar as possible, and if possible, no sugar. So for 10 months, I went on a total ketogenic diet, no fruit even, no flour, no bread, no um, pasta. I was eating meat and veggies. That's it for 10 months. It was hard, but it really helped me. Um, What's called the... Ancestral diet, um, or it's closer to like a paleo diet, uh, is what's been shown to be the most uh, effective diet for Lyme disease. Uh, there's Dr. Terry Walls with the Walls diet. 
Her name is um, spelled W-H-A-L-S. Uh, she developed a diet um, kind of protocol that includes, you know, organ meats, bone broth, lots of veggies, like three cups per day of green, three cups per day of orange, three cups per day of multicolor, like purple veggie, um, but no sugar, no gluten, and no dairy. So it's interesting that all of these theories are coming together um, and it's the way we've been eating for millions of years, right? The ancestral yeah. diet, you know, fruit, um, berries, roots, leaves, meat, veggies, some, some fruits, but, um, it's, it's not rocket science, but it's been shown that people with Lyme, when they adopt this kind of diet, they fare much better, much quicker, including myself. Yeah, Absolutely. So when it comes to the adrenal and the mitochondrial support that you were talking about, what any quick tips for how to handle that? Yeah, so everybody with Lyme or any chronic disease has been shown to have some mitochondrial dysfunction. And mitochondrials are really these little organs in your cells that produce your energy. So you want to repair them. A great product is actually coming from New Zealand. It's called MitoQ. Um, and, uh, it's a form of ubiquinol, like coenzyme Q10, but it's better absorbed. Uh, so that's for the mitochondria. Um, definitely antioxidants will help to scavenge, you know, free radicals that would damage mitochondria. So, um, your glutathione, vitamin C, especially in the liposomal form, it's in, um, like a fat suspension so it'll penetrate your cells more easily adrenals adrenals are like your uh, combat team on the field so um supporting them is is like giving them their daily ration so they can fight um there's several uh, products for adrenals um my favorite one is biotonic from biobotanical research and living so supporting the adrenals is, is nourishing them, but it's also decreasing the amount of stress in your life. Yes. Because stress exhausts your adrenals. And if you're already somebody who was coming to the illness sick, or not sick, but tired, well, it's like you're starting your fight with one strike. So reducing stress, change, I mean, I've had to change job change relationship, let go of toxic relationships, anything that would raise my stress level, managing my emotions, which is something that most people have um, challenges on how to do. And this is where the, you know, this is where transformational coaching and NLP is really amazing to help people um, better understand their emotions and master their emotions so have some tools that when they have an emotion that's stressful or negative you know they have fear or shame or guilt or anger or sadness they'll know what to do to kind of reverse that and to stop the stress reaction because any you know when you're worked up and you're angry and you're it's it triggers your stress reaction and every time your stress reaction is triggered it's you're pumping you know your adrenals to pump some adrenaline or adrenaline cortisol it's like you're you're sending your troops out in the field go fight go fight but if they're already tired yeah 
it's going to be hard to maintain that fight. So anything that can calm the stress reaction. Yeah. Awesome. So I'm getting stressed just listening to everything that I have to do and all the different <laughs> herbs I have to put together. So if someone doesn't actually want to do all this research and feel like totally overwhelmed by just the information that you have been sharing with us, I'm hoping that you would be able to help them in some way. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. I've put together an online course, uh, yeah. which is available on my website, which is uh, www.missionline.com. Mission has two S. And um, this course just, it's around eight hours of video. There's the whole protocol, where to order what. And I, you know, I update the, the websites for the products and things like that. I don't sell any of these products. I just know where to find them um, yeah. and the websites that have, you know, discounts often and um, that have quality supplements. So people can learn that on, on their own. I've had people take my course and write to me, you know, several months after and saying, hey, when I started your course, I was walking with the walker and couldn't stand for more than, you know, three minutes. And now I can walk two miles. And it's like, wow, okay. Um, so there's that option. And I also offer um, coaching. So it's such an overwhelming Brilliant. illness. Like you said, you, you feel stressed just to hear about what yeah. there is to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I get it. I mean, I've been there. So I, I do coaching uh, with people. So we personalize their protocol and uh, I give them a personalized you know, schedule and we adapt according to what co-infections they have. And I teach them um, what is important for their recovery so that they feel like they're in control, like they, they're mastering this. Yeah. And then I coach them through diet changes, lifestyle changes, but mostly emotional mastery, which is what's happening between your two ears is one of the most important things because it has a direct effect on your immune system. Absolutely. So it has... Yeah, yeah. So the combination of that is of, of the protocol and the coaching based in neurosciences um, has been kind of the hallmark of the success of this um, coaching. So awesome! I'll share the links in the in the description so that people can just uh, contact you or find your course. So, do you have Thank any you. before we wrap it up? Do you have any last tips that you want to share? Maybe. Yes. Um, <clears throat> Lyme disease, as any accident or illness or cancer, has the potential to be two things. It has the potential to be the worst thing of your life or the potential to be the best thing that's ever happened to you. And it's my intention that you're in the second, um, uh, second uh, option, which this is what it was for me. This Illness is an invitation for you to look at your life and look at where are things out of balance in your life and to really bring some deep changes and to not be afraid to just dive in. And with the proper support and the proper guidance, um, you'll get through this. So if I can do it, anybody can do it. There's hope. Awesome. Thank you so much for being here. I really found this super interesting and I really appreciate you. 
Thank you, Pam. Thank you for having me. It was great. And um, if people have any questions, I think you're going to share my link and uh, they can write to me by email. I'm available and I've been, um, it's been a real passion of mine to help people get out of this illness. Perfect. Thanks for listening to the LCAL podcast. If you like the show and you want to support the show, you can do so by sharing it with anyone who you think may benefit from listening to it. Or if you're so inclined, you can make a donation over at PayPal or at Patreon and you will find the links in the description. Have an awesome day.